Ryan from the pocket, going to take the shot. Zacchaeus is out there. Alamade's first professional catch. He breaks away. And Alamade Zacchaeus is going to go to the house 93 yards. You're listening to Falcons Audible, presented by AT&T. And I'm Matt to be joined by DJ Shockley and Dave Archer. Uh, fellas, Falcons are coming off a huge win. 40 points, 40-20 over the Carolina Panthers. And uh, if I had to sum up Sunday's win, I would say I would use the word fun. A um, lot of good things, a lot of, a lot of feel-good moments uh, Sunday from Roddy White being inducted into the Ring of Honor, which was great to see. Matt Ryan surpassing 50,000 yards for his mm-hmm. career. How rare that is. The run game got going. Uh, Devontae Freeman uh, looked really good. Even uh, Brian Hill got got some action there. He averaged almost nine yards a carry. Um, was it nine or six, Dave? I forget, but it was still good. Nine. Uh, the defense looked good, Dave. Back, uh, I think Tack and Vic had two sack games. They had five for the game. They forced turnovers. Devontae Casey had a couple picks. So, oh, and Young Way Koo. How about him? Four for four, a 50 yarder fumble recovery. I, like I said, there's just a lot to cover, a lot of good things. They pick up their fourth win of the year. Um, I'm just going to just tip it to you. Where do you want to jump in? Well, I think the thing that, that jumps out to me, Shock, and it's something <laughs> that you and I are going to appreciate probably maybe more than anybody other than the two running backs that were carrying the ball, three running backs that were carrying the ball, and Matt Ryan was the offensive line play. Mm-hmm. I thought that uh, when you can run the ball to the tune of 159 yards in any game, and I don't care who you're playing, then that's going to simplify things uh, to a great extent with your passing game and all the things that come off of it. It gives you a physical presence. It makes the offensive line feel good about themselves. And and Lord knows that you want those five guys in front of you feeling good about how they're doing their job. And if you can come off the ball, establish running lanes, get Devontae and, and, and Brian running, and then Quadre got in the game and got a couple of carries as well, you get that crew going, then that changes the dynamic of the game. It changes how the other team has to play as well. Um, but Atlanta, Atlanta did that. And that, to me – when you start to sum everything up, and you talked about a lot of the things that happened, you know, OZ's 93-yard touchdown catch, Alameda Zacchaeus <laughs> makes an unbelievable play, third longest in, in Falcon history, the longest touchdown pass in Matt Ryan's career, supplanting Roddy White, who had the 91-yarder uh, way back catch, in San Francisco. Dave. Yeah, so Crazy. it was a co- cool moment for him. But um, I think the thing that, that really kind of sprung out to me was, yes, you got continue to get some solid defensive play. But the offensive line had given up 15 sacks in the last two games. You had not been able to run the ball a lick. And now all of a sudden here, Chris Lindstrom steps in, Matt Gono, uh, John Wetzel. uh, Yes, Schweitzer did play some as well. I thought that group kind of really came together and played arguably their best game in the run game. How good was it to see Chris Lindstrom in the lineup? Really good. I mean, you you come into this ballgame not having Carpenter or Brown, and like Art just mentioned, 15 sacks in the last two games. I think you come in thinking this may be another long day. And we we knew exactly what Carolina's front was about. And we knew that, especially in the last game when we played the Panthers, the emphasis was stopping the run. And that was a big part of what they wanted to do. And 
Uh, I think you guys make a good point of, you know, having that offensive line come out and having Lindstrom back in. And a lot of people thought maybe will he play for the rest of the year? Will he not? You know, you want to wait till, you know, next season to get him acclimated. But I thought it was good. I mean, he was out there in the fourth quarter. He was getting his reps in. And, you know, I thought he brings that physical nature that you like. I mean, well, in this ballgame, you had nine first downs came virtually off the run game. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a big part of what this team wants to do. We know they're a play-action team. you got to be able to run the ball. And the Falcons still use play-action when they not run the football, but it helps even more when you can run the football. And uh, I think we can't forget about Julio Jones as well, you know, going over 1,000 yards six straight years. I don't, I don't think people Ties understand how, how, how tough that is for a guy of his caliber, and people know they're going to throw him the rock. Ties Roddy White, who also had six, and I need to correct myself. I said six or nine on Brian Hill's average. He averaged six point nine uh, per carry. You were close. He had nine carries for sixty-two yards. Not too bad. And uh, Freeman had seventeen for eighty-four. Uh, they both had touchdowns on the ground, which is was great. Um, let's talk defense too. Uh, yeah. It was. We've said it now. It seems like a few times since the bye. The defenses really looked like a different unit coming out of the bye week. Yeah, I thought that the thing that jumped out to me about the defense, and obviously you have the splash plays with, with Tack and Vic, and it was good to see them both get multi-sacks in this game. That's that's 10 sacks against Carolina in two games. They had five sacks in the game a few weeks ago. Take Six so picks. You, yeah. you've had it, yeah, and you've taken the ball away as well. You're exactly right, Shock. But – I thought the thing that, that kind of jumped out that maybe facilitated everything happening was their ability to tackle. I thought that they did an outstanding job of tackling. Now, Christian McCaffrey, um, I was impressed with him anyway. I already liked him. I always thought I already thought he was a great player. Mm-hmm. He impressed me even further yesterday. I don't know how many times there were three Falcons around him. He maybe mm-hmm. made the first guy miss or at least ran through the first guy and got hit by another guy. And I don't know. And we talked a little bit about this last time we played him. Yeah, he's going to he get carried, He touched the ball, what, 26 times? I don't know how many how many times he can do that. Only got, not, what, 18, 19 touches yesterday. But um, he's an impressive player. And that was the focal point of the defense. You had to get him on the ground. He caught 11 passes in game one in this series. 11 yesterday, for, too. Yeah, you'll, I'll get to it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Eleven <laughs> passes yesterday uh, to, in the first game for 121 yards. This week he caught 11 passes for 50 yard, 51 yards. So he caught the ball to the tune of about 4.5 yards a catch, which that means you're limiting. That means you're tackling extremely well. When you're doing that, now it's third and seven. It's third and eight, and now. Allen's going to hold the ball. He's not right. as willing to throw the short pass. He wants to push the ball down the field, and that allows Tack and Vic to get home. Yeah, it, go ahead. When you watch them up front, I, I thought the Falcons did a good job of moving. There were a lot of times where there were stunts, there were add-ons, there were different things that put a lot of pressure on that offensive line and put a lot of pressure on Kyle Allen. I mean, this is a, a Falcon team where you look at winning situational football. In this last two games, the Falcons – on third down, have held Carolina 5 of 24 on third down. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a winning formula when you know you can get them off the field and you're doing a good job of rushing the passer. Arch is missing 10 sacks, 6 interceptions, and the way they're doing it, I thought, is, is pretty outrageous. It's funny you bring up that part. There was a play where they dump it down, and 
You heard Jerome Henderson talking about it all week. They're gonna they're gonna force you deep, and then they're gonna check it down to him in space. You got to be able to tackle in space. I thought there was one time where they check it down to him, and it's probably second and five or third and five, and they're there. They got him leveraged. They got three guys around him. He makes the first guy miss, gets vertical, and then falls forward for another first down. I mean, we Falcons did a good job, but you got to give him a lot of credit for the way in which he runs, how he sets up things, how he sets up his body, how he sets up blockers. I mean, he is just a creative guy with the football in his hands. And uh, I don't know how long he can do it, but he's definitely fun to watch. I'm glad he didn't, you know, put a monster number versus the Falcons, but he he is fun to watch when he has a ball in his hand. Yeah, he had 191 yards of total offense, so they're 346 in the first game. This time you limited him to about 60 yards less than that. So that was the focal point. Can you limit him? You're not going to stop him. Can you limit him? And they did limit him where he was not the guy that had to make plays, and they tried to turn elsewhere, and there was nobody to be found. Yeah, that's the key. He didn't do anything that really hurt him. He didn't have those big splash plays. So, yeah, it seems like we always say he's going to get his, and he got his, but uh, not not the ones that hurt you. Um, you know, I got we got to talk about Young Way Koo a little bit. Um, and you you mentioned him in your a quarters back quarterbacks take your archers take this morning, uh, four for four, and you you noted in your your piece, hey you know what the fifty yarder hit the upright but it still went in, and the thing that I thought was interesting that I wanted to talk about was how far he got down on kickoff because you talked about how Matt Bosher likes to stick his nose in there too, Koo got down the field Johnny on the spot. There he is. He's you know good things happen right when you when you when you when you work. <laughs> yeah, I'm not and, sure the coaching point uh, when Ben Kawicka looks at it. I'm not sure that's where he wants him. Hmm. Now he was in the perfect spot when the ball popped clean. A great play by Kamal Ishmael and Demonte Casey to get the ball out. Casey gets the ball with his helmet. The ball pops out, and Youngway Koo's right there to make the recovery. In our history of being in special teams meetings, Jacques and I. Usually the kicker is one of the safeties, and yeah. so he's supposed to be about 30, 30 yards, yards deeper yeah. than that. So I don't know what the coaching point's going to be there with Ben. Hey, great play by Young Way Koo. Pretty cool opportunity for him to get a recovery uh, and be a part of, of something other than just kicking the ball through the uprights, which was cool for him. And he's made he's made he's actually made a couple of tackles now uh, as well, kind of gotten in on some stuff. But uh, I think he's a little bit deeper than he was supposed to Young be. Young Way wants some action, man. <laughs> He want to get in there. Must He's be that, hanging I think on the fray, man. I think it's at number seven jersey. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, I can't recall. You know, uh, Matt as Matt as great as Matt Bryant uh, was for so many years here. Uh, you know, I just don't recall Matt Bryant running deep down the field. Um, you, you know what else I notice is how excited the teammates are for each other. Yeah, I mean, think about after Zacchaeus's run and his catch and his touchdown. How many guys were excited running down there? I mean, they literally picked him up, was holding him. Young Way Koo, when he gets the the fumble recovered, the guys are going crazy. They're still hitting him on the sideline. I mean, it, it's so many scenarios yeah, like that throughout a ball game where guys are excited for each other. Guys yeah. are just excited to see other guys doing well. And you look at the record, and you couldn't tell this was a team that, you know, only had four wins. This yep. is a team that loves each other, loves playing with each other, and they celebrate it. And it's, it's fun to watch. I mean, it's just something that – I see when you know I'm watching the game, like man, these guys are having a good time. They're still having fun, and that's what it's about. Yeah, I think that's why I said off the top of the one word that just kind of sticks out is fun. And uh, all three phases uh, of the game, uh, you know, had something to celebrate yesterday. 
So now they turn their attention to a familiar face, uh, Kyle Shanahan in the San Francisco 49ers. They head out west. Um, it's going to take quite <laughs> an effort. Uh, they currently own the, the top seed in the NFC. They're a good team. Um, you know, it's, they're going to have to run the ball, like you guys said, you know, and protect Matt Ryan, put some points up and get some turnovers. You know, they, they know the formula. They did it, Dave, down in New Orleans. Um, they're capable. You know, anything can happen, but it's going to take an all-out close to perfect perfect uh, effort. Yeah, I, I think if they play to their capabilities, they're going to be in the game to win it. And that's what you're looking for is to get into the fourth quarter, especially on the road, be in the fourth quarter and have a chance to win the football game. I, I don't think the 49ers are any more talented than Atlanta is. They probably have some guys in different positions that are that are better than Atlanta's are. And then Atlanta would say, well, we've got guys that aren't in some positions that are better than what they've got. So this is the National Football League. There's a not, you're, you're splitting hairs when you start talking about the talent level of these two teams. Now, they're playing at a really high level. They just got a really nice win after losing on the road to Baltimore in a hard-fought game. They went on the road again and beat a New Orleans team that Atlanta dominated in that building and only gave up nine points. This was a defense that was fairly uh, well thought of in the 49er defense. They just gave up 46 points. That was the same team Atlanta gave up uh, 35 points in two games to. So, uh to think that okay, you got to be perfect in this game. I'm not. I'm not buying into that. I do think that you have to play at a, at a really high level, but you got to take advantage of your opportunities because I think the 49ers are going to make some mistakes in the game. Can you cash them in? And that means when you get short field opportunities, and this is something that's continued to creep in even since the defense has kind of shifted gears and played well since the halftime of the Seattle game. Atlanta's been presented with a number of short field opportunities and has not cashed them in. They've got to take advantage of those opportunities, especially against the better teams, the teams that are playing at a higher level, like the Niners. You're going to have to find a way. If you get those short field opportunities, and I'm talking about from about your 45 or 50 in, anything in that area, that's a short field opportunity. You must cash those in. And settling for field goals is one thing. I think you need to punch some of these in and put them in the end zone. And, Shock, that's the part that I think that I'm probably most worried about with this team is the inability to close out drives in the red zone. Yeah, that's probably paramount, especially on the road. It matters the most because on the road, if you're driving or you get that short field and you only get three points out of it or you turn the football over, that gives the opposing team something to be excited about. And – this is a game where uh, we just saw them put up 48 points and they're a team that has scored a lot of points in a bunch of different games that if you give them extra opportunities, they're going to hurt you too. So uh, I think it goes both ways uh, for sure about both teams having the ability to score points. And I don't think this game is no different than you're playing against anybody else. Even though their record says they're pretty good, this is still a really good Falcons team when they're playing at a high level. And of course, you, you got Hooper back. We saw Hooper uh get back in this game and we saw him his value and what he's like he just took you know right back where he came from I mean he, Hooper is a guy that I think Matt Ryan had a real rapport with and you can see you know I, I don't remember how many catches he had in the game but uh this was a guy that was somebody who Matt depended on and having him back involved and I think being able to run the football gave Art like you mentioned confidence for that offensive line and this was a we're talking about Hooper having six targets and he had a couple catches in the game. 
but he still was a threat, and he's going to be continue to be a threat. They got a good tight end over there in George Kittle, who I think we oh all seen the highlights and everything. But um, this is going to be a fun game to watch, man. Uh, I think you got two high powered offenses. Both defenses are are playing, you know, good. Other than giving up forty six points to New Orleans. Uh, but I still like the fact the Falcons will go out here and have an opportunity to win this ball game. Yeah, it was a – I don't know if you saw the game, but it, it came down right to the end, and uh, they were facing a fourth and short, and Kittle makes a catch and turns it into a big play, gets a face mask, sets him up, they kick the game winner. Um, they could have easily lost that game yesterday. So, no, I think it's going to take I, – I, not a perfect game, but a near-perfect game. And when I say that, I mean they've got to protect Matt Ryan. They've got to – eat some clock up. They, they've got to get the run game going. They've got the talent, no question about it, with with our receiving core, um, with, you know, with Julio and Ridley. We don't know, you know, we know we know that uh, Ridley left the game with uh, some kind of abdominal uh, pain, but uh, we'll find out more about his status. Um, and we'll find out more about Desmond Trufant, too, this week. But, uh, no, they're going to have their hands full. And I think, look, if they go into Levi Stadium and knock off San Francisco, that's a huge win. That's a that is that's a a head turning win. Are they capable of it? I certainly think so. Uh, they've proven they can go on the road and win and beat formidable foes. But wow, they go into San Francisco this week and knock off the uh, the Niners. You're going to turn a lot of heads, and, and you're going uh, to you're gonna get their best too because yeah, uh, yeah obviously so. they're they're still fighting for a lot. They want to keep that home field advantage. They want to be sure. the top team in the NFC. So. Uh, there's not going to be oh they just lay down because hey, no they're, they're not going to sit guys so yeah. it's going to be a, a dog fight for sure. Well, and you'd like to think, and you're probably going to there's a couple extra bones or a couple extra logs on the fire, maybe a couple extra bones there land for the for, dogs. For, for what's that? For the dogs. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> Do you tell, uh, Dave. I had to throw that out there for you. But uh, no, oh, and you got on. Kyle Hans- Kyle Shanahan's <laughs> your former OC. Ouch. Um, so that's going to be. There's a little bit of that on the table. He'll be asked about that. Now he'll downplay that. But certainly he doesn't want to lose to his, his former team. And, you know, Tevin Coleman, who did not not touch the ball much, they've kind of shifted gears and gotten away from Tevin over the last couple of weeks. Tevin mm-hmm. will want to have an opportunity to potentially run the rock in this game and, and have some kind of impact against his former teammates. So there's a couple extra things involved in the game. But ultimately it comes down to, uh, the Falcons uh, with the pride factor going out and playing. And here's an opportunity. You're going to play against a team right now that I think a lot of people would that like having a chance to go to the Super Bowl on the NFC side. Yeah. You get a chance to play those guys in their own building. You go out there and, and go toe-to-toe with them. That says a lot about who you are. And, and you mentioned the 49ers are playing for home field advantage. They'd like to stay on the West Coast for the rest of the NFC yeah. playoffs. For sure. Um, you know, and that says a lot, too. If if the Falcons can go, they went into New Orleans and knocked off. You know, you're talking about the one and two seeds right now uh, yeah. in the NFC. Yeah. And if they can go in there and, and play them and go toe-to-toe, Dave, um, you know, I, I almost know what the fans are going to be saying in the mailbag. Hey, we're, you know, just like they did after New Orleans, where is this? This team's capable, you know? Well, I think it still goes back to we talked about the ending uh, – Coach always talks about playing the game in four quarters. And we all know this late, these last four games, it's about how you finish. And people say, what are you playing for? What are the motivations? What do you want to accomplish? Well, you got a lot of stuff you can want to accomplish in these last four games. You started off the right way, get another win in your division, dominating Carolina. Now, like you mentioned, get a chance to go on the road uh, versus a playoff contending team. And these are things that when you go into the offseason, 
coaches will go back and look at this film and say, okay, where were we at this time? What about these guys playing at this moment? What did they prove to us? So I think these are quality moments in the season just as much as if you were in the playoff picture for this organization going forward. Who are guys we can depend on? And regardless of where the future holds and where where you're going, these games mean a lot to the future of a lot of different players on this team, and they got to show up a lot. I mean, I know a lot of people have been talking about just say a guy like Vic. I mean – how big has Vic showed up in the last few weeks? I mean, everybody knows he has the ability, but he's putting some good stuff on film, and that's what you like to see. Dave, I'm going to wrap this up with uh, – I'm going to go to you and, and want your take on Matt Ryan, and then we'll wrap this thing up. You know, uh, after last week, I got tons and tons of mail from fans and readers about Matt Ryan. Hey, we want a mobile quarterback. And I keep I pushed back. I kept pushing back and said, this guy, you know – is if, if you look at what he's doing and the high level he's still playing at, you know, you need to appreciate what he's doing. The fact that he's into this rarefied air now, as you put it in your piece today, uh, the only nine other guys in the history of the league. Put that into perspective for us a little bit as we kind of wrap this thing up. Yeah, I mean, it, it talks uh, specifically about him being able to line up for you each and every week, right? He's This is 12 seasons he's been in, in, in the game and, and has missed a couple of games in his career. Uh, when you put the numbers up that he's put up, that means he's lining up each and every week. And not only is he lining up, he's highly effective every time he steps on the field. He's a guy you can count on. Uh, he's a guy that understands what's going on on the field, great teammate, all those type of things. Uh, but, you know, obviously it's an indication of the times because he's going by some guys that maybe didn't get a chance. Of, and, and a lot of these guys are Aaron Rodgers and, and uh, Roethlisberger and, and Rivers, Brady, Breeze. These are guys that are in that top ten that are all currently playing and they've had more opportunities to throw it. But you have to be on the field. And if you look at all those guys, those guys have been extremely durable They've been guys that you could count on each and every weekend to step out and play, and Matt Ryan is that guy. Matt guy, he he is on the verge of doing something that only one other plays players ever done, and that's Drew Brees. Is he's on the verge of throwing for four thousand yards for a ninth consecutive season? Brees did it twelve times. That's those are the only two guys. Ryan currently eight consecutive seasons with four thousand yards. His stretch is the only one that's going on. Brees' stretch was broken. Uh, last year so uh, you're talking about a guy that is doing things that just a few people in the National Football League have done but it's an indication of what he knows about the game uh, his ability to get a lot of people involved his ability to be on the field all the time Um, he's one of the great players that's ever played the game he's the greatest quarterback in this franchise's history and uh, he's going to go down as one of the great quarterbacks that's played in this league. And this week he's going to go up against his former offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan. Should be a lot of fun to watch. All right, guys. Wrap it up there. All right. Thanks, guys. This is Falcons Audible, presented by AT&T. 